Hey friends, it's Jenna Overbaugh here. I'm a licensed professional counselor and I'm here to help you do all the hard things, including busting through your fear, intrusive thoughts, and worry so you can live your best life. Some of my earliest memories were being anxious and I lived my life that way until I learned more about OCD and anxiety. Since then, I learned as much as I could and I've been helping people overcome their fear and worry since 2008. Over the years, I've acquired some of the best education, training, and empowerment tools to help you understand your brain a little bit better and to finally overcome all of that fear that's been holding you back. Now, if you're ready to learn more, let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of All the Hard Things. I have a really special guest here. I had the privilege of being at the International OCD Foundation Conference just a couple weeks ago in California for the 2023 conference. And I got so much love. It was so amazing to be able to disseminate some really awesome research and tips. But I had a lot of really inspirational people come up to me, tell me their story. And one of those individuals is who I have with us here today. This is Melissa Marquez. And I was, like I said, so inspired by her story. I just get goosebumps even thinking about it again. So this is going to be really helpful for all the mamas out there and just for anybody in general who has OCD and anxiety. So super excited to have her here so that she can share her story. So Melissa, thank you so much for being here. I would love for you to just like how you did at the conference. Like you can elaborate a little bit. Just give us your spiel. What, how did this all happen for you? Because I know it's been quite the journey from your angle. Oh, yes, for sure. First of all, thank you so much for having me here and to share my story with everybody. I hope someone is able to relate and get something out of what I have to share. And yeah, basically what kind of brought me, led me to meeting you and being at the conference all to just start from the beginning. Most of my life, it's just been one anxiety thing after the next ever since I could remember. So even as young as like toddlerhood, I remember being very scared about different things. One of the things that popped out was the fact that I was just turned off by wearing clothes. My mom would say that I would have a hard time wearing clothes because I always felt that the clothes was contaminated. So I would always be like germs and she wouldn't really understand like it was at a point where we were living back, I'll backtrack where I was in Peru. I was born there. And during that time frame, I had my family and I deal with a very traumatic event where for 10 years in my country, we had a very terrible group that was doing a lot of terrorist attacks at the time. And so my dad, he worked for the Mormon church and he was part of the law firm that they had in that was situated in Peru so he was one of the lawyers and this group tried to target it for money as well like certain organizations and they targeted one of the targets was my family so they had to I remember earliest memories of us just moving from hotel to hotel and then I would tell my mom why can't I go out to play we have to be safe and that was during a time that I feel like maybe my compulsions came out where it was about the germs. It was about like safety. And so those were really my earliest memories. And even when we moved from there and applied to political asylum to come here to the U.S., 
there was always something new. There was always a new type of fear. Like at that point was like, am I speaking English correctly? Like that stuck with me like for a while. Am I actually pronouncing this word correctly? Are people going to make fun of me? So it wasn't until I had a very traumatic childhood event that happened while I was in school that actually the counselors, so actually the counselors in the school in the U.S. sat down my parents and they were like, because they'd noticed some behavioral things in me where I was super attached to my parents. I cried, like, even if I was like, independent before I had a really unhealthy attachment to my parents so they were concerned about that and they were wondering oh do you guys want to maybe get her started on therapy and that was actually the first time my parents realized anything about therapy because it's such a stigma still in my culture like the Latino culture like if you mention like therapy like somebody going to therapy that's Kind of like the worst thing that could then for some reason where we catastrophize and think that person is like crazy. Oh, no, they have to be really bad. And like they thought that I was probably going through different phases when I was experiencing all these different behavioral things throughout my life. But they realized that they wanted to help me. And I'm actually grateful for them for doing that because I actually was like, the root of me seeking help when it was actually time to seek help later on as I had my first child. So we went down that road together and I was throughout my life, I was in and out of therapy. So there was a time where I was getting better and then times where like intrusive thoughts or other things were getting in the way and I sought therapy on my own, like in college, like different transitions in my life. And I just never knew why that was. I I would always be told that it would be like depression or anxiety. At some point it was like PTSD, like never OCD. And for some reason, when I started to read about OCD, as I was dealing with myself, I was like, oh, that kind of sounds what I do. But maybe it's not because everybody is telling me it's all these other things. So I should trust the experts. And then throughout my life, there's been always like health anxiety and contamination and harm and safety. And throughout that period too, I was dealing with like years of being undocumented in the country because I was part of the DACA students, the dreamers that came from another country to study here because their parents brought them really young. So I was a DACA student and I would always have intrusive thoughts of would I be taken away from my home? Are they going to come to deport me at some point? So those were always the thoughts. I always had mostly mental compulsions, not so much physical. Physical, maybe if I had to reheat like fast food or anything like that. But it's been mostly just like mental compulsions. And like with relationship OCD and stuff. And then when I had, but never to the point where it was debilitating as much as when I had my first child. So I had her like in 2021. And prior to that, when we all know we had the pandemic and that was already a very stressful time for me, my pregnancy, I dealt with all 
that stuff and just also the death of my beloved dog that I had for 13 years. So all that I feel like came into play a misdiagnosed OCD, like, or not diagnosed OCD. And then just all these life events that kind of started to just build up because I was just dealing with top therapy, whatever therapy I had at that point. But when I had my kid and I had a, the traumatic birth, I think that's when things just blew out of the water, essentially. And so I experienced very debilitating health anxiety because I was, I had an emergency C-section and that was actually the first surgery I ever had in my life. And it's like, I started to notice like my body and symptoms and whatever it is that I was dealing with at that point, like the pain of going through such an intense surgery. And I was always thinking, oh, maybe I should Google this because I would call my uh, OBGYN's office and I would tell them, hey, is this normal? I'm experiencing pain here. And like, I was just trying to figure out what was going on because I, I kept telling my mom, I feel weak, like my vision's all weird. And because I was staying with my parents, the plan was for me to stay with them the first two weeks that like me and baby and my husband would go back to our apartment. But that actually turned into two months because it was just so severe. My anxiety, I couldn't sleep for two, the first two weeks after I had the baby, I started to experience intrusive thoughts about health anxiety for myself and for the baby. Like, is, oh, is this normal? Is she okay? Like she's coughing after she's drinking her milk. So everything was like very heightened. Whatever it was that I experienced in past years, I feel like it doubled or it like quadrupled. Like when I had the baby and everybody was just really concerned around me. My parents, even though we had been through, like, I guess, down this road before, they never saw me in that condition of just very debilitating anxiety. I, I didn't even want to leave the house. I didn't want people to notice something because I thought, well, they're going to notice something weird because everybody else is noticing something weird. So I'm not going to leave the house at all till I figure out what this was. So I was obsessed with it maybe being medical because I never thought it would be like a mental thing. I thought, oh, the doctors are not telling me anything because they didn't tell me that I was supposed to have an emergency C-section. So therefore, I should, I, I should figure out if there's anything physical going on and I can possibly went to clinics and hospitals just to have them figure out what's going on because I was like, I feel really bad. I don't know why I feel really bad. And then everybody said, well, no, you have nothing. I would get MRIs and like x-rays nobody would tell me anything they would just be scared if I had like some sort of clot or anything like that but it didn't turn out to be that but nobody was ever saying anything about this being anything mentally related it, up until when me and my husband had a discussion because they were very worried they thought maybe she really has gone crazy and like for whatever reason and then my husband and I had a conversation and could, he, he was like, I talked to my mom and we need to take you to like the hospital, but for like mental arrangements. Because I found out that there were conversations happening like without me in them. And I was like, 
wait, what are you talking about? And so that's like the first realizations I had that, oh, is this like a mental thing? But then I got upset at some reactions too, because I feel like they were not the best in terms of trying to help me get to that point where I needed specialized help or some help in that area. Because the comments were made that actually made my OCD feel really like just god awful because in my culture it's not something that we just talk about that we just gotta suck it up and move forward with any type of mental thing and some of the conversations that had taken place as like in, in my face at that moment where oh you're not taking care of her which i was in my way but because i had my mom there she was mostly like carrying her like playing with her I felt like I couldn't because I felt so obsessive trying to find answers so I would feed her I would change her diaper when I could but then the rest of the stuff it was just mostly my husband and my mom at that point but I just didn't know how to like help the situation because nobody really had any answers and the OBGYN's office was always telling me you gotta just get through it it's like this it will get better the surgery the stuff that you're experiencing will get better if there's like a real emergency call us or, and then it just, but a lot of things were hurtful that was, were said to me. I would always say, I do care about the baby, but I'm trying to figure out why I feel this way. Why do I feel bad? Why do I feel like I have to find answers? I just don't know what's going on with me. And like people would say, you just don't, first of all, you, yeah. it doesn't seem like you care about the baby. Like, they would always tell me that, and then they would say, are you sure this is not postpartum depression? Do you feel withdrawal from the baby? Like, is, did you and your husband, like, plan out the pregnancy? Was this a suppressed pregnancy? I was like, of course we planned out the pregnancy. Like, we, I wanted to have, it's like people were always making assumptions around us because now it became a family thing instead of just a thing that me, my husband, and my parents, who I only wanted as part of my support for like support team to try to figure out. And then it became a thing where extended family and all these other family members became involved. And that just became too much noise to the point that I felt just terrible of having whatever this was that I was dealing with. And it was not healthy for me. It got to the point where I felt like I was spiraling down like deeper and I felt like I was going into a hole that it probably was really hard. It was getting harder to dig out of. And it wasn't until I found this therapist. So she was an OCD therapist because we didn't really know what kind of therapist to find at that point. We were like, let's just find a therapist, like between me and my parents and my husband. And so the therapist, uh, she was actually really good about being validating in terms of what I was going through and stuff because she dealt with like postpartum depression and stuff and she uh, I guess it was she was the advocate that I needed at that moment for myself because she the first one of the first things she said was you need to have everybody else but off this issue because now it's become too much noise and it's not helping your recovery you need to focus on your recovery like so I, when I heard that, I was like, well, yeah, no, I agree with you. It's just going to be hard because in my culture, we don't just cut people off 
<laughs> this is like something that we don't just do. We're just going to, oh, you guys are not part of this anymore. We're just going to, this is our business to do. Like boundary setting is really hard, I feel like, in the Latino culture because everybody is very family oriented. And because we're family oriented, I feel like it's great in some instances, but not in everything. And I felt like I needed that because otherwise this was just going to keep going south in my opinion because I, I feel like family support is so important. And so at that point, she said, you got to tell your husband and your parents to, if anybody calls, they cannot give them any details of what's going on. You're doing good by being here and we're going to try to figure this out together. If that's who you want on your support, if they are a better support to you than other people, then you need to have that right now because we need to figure out what's going on. And then, yeah, my parents were wearing it out. They understood why they needed to do it, which was great. But at the same time, it was just hard because they were like, wow, we can't like really say anything else or have other support or... Because I even told them I need to set boundaries. And my, like, even my therapist had said, if you don't want to talk to people, if they call you, you don't have to answer. You don't know, you don't owe anybody anything. And I think that was the first stepping stones of making me feel empowered in a way because all of my life I feel like I have been a people pleaser because I always had intrusive thoughts around these things because I wanted to just appear good and oh I need to have good relationships with my family members and stuff and now it was at a point where I needed to do this for my own like mental health and try to be better so that way I can be like that's all I wanted was just to live presently and to have, to just enjoy moments with my baby and with my husband because I saw how this was going to affect them and I wanted to get better. It's not that I didn't want to get better. It's just everybody else was making their own assumptions of things and that was not cool. And so that was actually an awful moment for everybody and the turning stone into the recovery side of things. I think right after that is when, yeah, I was doing talk therapy and I had even gone to my OBGYN for one last appointment that I needed. And I had told her what I was experiencing. And I felt I was gaslighted too by them because I, I felt like the sense of everybody's just who I thought was supposed to help me is training their back for me. Because all they could give me was just chill pills, the, just the typical story of everybody. And I felt like I needed to muster as much strength as I could to figure this thing out. And I had my therapist. But it wasn't up until six months postpartum that she had to leave her practice. And then that's when I feel like I really had to seek somebody specialized because I also wasn't feeling any better, really. I felt like I was making progress, but I felt like there was something more to this. And I, yes, I did go down the Google rabbit hole, but I feel like I was able to find some answers from that too, because I wish somebody would just have hold my hand and been like, I'm going to look up Google for you if we knew that this was a combustion, like to try to figure it out. But we didn't know anything. And we were trying to figure this out because nobody was giving us answers. And I had seen 15 different therapists for, that were supposedly, they were versed in all things postpartum. 
and stuff, but everybody just wanted to do talk therapy and nobody was really focused on diagnosis for whatever reason. And then it didn't take me up until I would say just this past December that I got with this, the therapist that is now currently my therapist. And, but prior to that, I found your page, your Instagram page. And I think if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would have known exactly what type of questions to ask her that would have led me to a good, like, diagnosis and, like, the specific therapy that I needed. So I try to search postpartum OCD because I, after I had gone through the Postpartum Support Internationals group for OCD moms, I realized that those moms, the way that they had spoken about their experiences, I was like, I don't think I had fit more in than with that group because prior to that, I was going to different support groups and stuff. And it was always just, yeah, mostly postpartum depression and other things, but I never felt like I could relate as well as in that group. And I was like, I need to figure this out. This is probably hitting OCD for sure. Because I feel like this is like the group that I fit in. And sure enough, I hashtag the postpartum OCD and I found your Instagram and I took your master, your ERP masterclass and your postpartum OCD masterclass. And I started to even just by doing that, I started to notice that there was a big improvement just by doing the things in the masterclasses that I was trying to apply in my present life with all the symptoms I was dealing with and then led me to my therapist asking the right questions. I told her, let's get right down to business. I don't want to talk anymore about my personal history. My, I just want to know, okay, is this OCD? Is this something that needs this specific therapy? And do you practice this specific therapy? But the wild thing was that on her website, when I was, before I had asked her all these questions, the, there was a picture of her dog. And it's funny because her dog sometimes comes to the session. So he's like an honorary, like therapist. That's how and she has it, it on. Like very yeah. similar to the dog that you had lost. Yeah. So the dog looks exactly like the dog that, that my dog that passed away while I was pregnant. And that was like, are you kidding me? This is a sign that I need to talk to this lady. And sure enough, she got right down to business. She was like, I'm, I read your file. I read everything because you, you put all these extensive intake questions and I feel like nobody's reading them, but she read it every single one, everything that I put in there. She's, we're not going to talk about family history. We're just going to find a diagnosis because that really leads us to the therapy that we need for you. And I was so thankful. I feel like everything was just a sign, like the stars aligned. And I was like, man, like this. And I even told her, like, to this day, I'm like, this is the longest I have been with a therapist because everything was just so perfect. And like, she diagnosed me after three sessions with the OCD. She's like, you definitely have OCD. I don't know why this was never a thing. And Obviously, we know what this was everything because in the in the mental health community that we lack education and awareness. And then she kn- knew about exposure response prevention therapy, and it finally made me feel 
so relieved. I know maybe diagnoses are not so relieving to people, but for me, it was like such a weight off my shoulders because I'm like, everything that I went through, everything that I lived, this is definitely OCD. Like it was never something else. And just the fact that I started to do the therapy with her and started to feel better, that's all answers point to this. So that's kind of the whole like uh, encompassing journey that I had gone through to get to that point. Oh my gosh. You have been through so much. Like I was sitting here trying to take some notes of things that I wanted to talk about, but I was like, at some point, I'm just going to say whatever. We're just going for it. We're just going to be more natural, whatever comes up. So first of all, I think your whole background and just your story in general, all those traumatic incidents that you had gone through, even as a child and even into adulthood, right? Like that all just points to the fact that OCD can really come about during these times of stress. And while nothing really causes OCD, you can see how it was the perfect Petri dish. Like you had one traumatic event after another. You, since you were a child, you were essentially taught that the world wasn't safe and so on and so forth. And so I really feel for that. I know so many people out there are resonating with how you took so much of an effort on your own shoulders to try to get the help. You try to get the help. You try to get the help. And especially as a new parent, you're met with this just postpartum depression. Just get through it. You just have to get through it. Even me, that happened to me. I am an OCD and anxiety specialist. I'm a like well-known person in my small little community for knowing what I'm talking about when it comes to mental health. And even when I went to go and see my OBGYN, when I was really struggling, I was met with the same thing. Like, it's just really hard. You just have to get through it. And that's the, it was the worst moment of my life to think, okay, like I just have to deal with this. I just have to deal with it and get over it. I can't, I can't, like I will die. I will literally die. I cannot live like this. And it just astounds me that my little $37 masterclass was more impactful is what I'm hearing than all these other attempts at you trying to get professional help. And that doesn't really speak to the helpfulness of my stuff so much as it as, as it speaks to the lack of understanding and the lack of knowledge that the mental health system has and like the professional medical system has, not just for OCD, but especially for moms, because you got screwed every which way. And that really sucks. And I'm so glad that you eventually found a therapist who was validating, but was like, we're not going to talk about the past. Like, we're going to talk. We're going to get into the nitty gritty. We're going to actually start to change. So I'd love to hear your experience just as we wrap up here. What has treatment been like for you? How have things changed? And where are you at right now? Yeah, no, so definitely has been a journey. And yeah, from what we know in the community, it's not very common to for somebody to just find some like the right diagnosis because it's sometimes I mean I hear it takes an average of 17 years sometimes so it was very relieving to find somebody that was gonna just go I felt like she went the extra mile I don't know why there was so much talk about let's just get into history and talk therapy and I was done with that and so when I started to experience like first a few exposures of we started with the easiest which was like contamination anything related to contamination and I remember the first thing we did was silly it was like okay uh, grab whatever toy you find in your child's playroom 
and we're gonna use that and we're gonna you're gonna touch her like pee diaper and you're gonna just put your hand on this toy <laughs> and then you're gonna wash it once and forget about it in the cover but then you're just gonna keep doing this every day and then once you wash it on the final day you can give that to your baby and going through it I thought oh my gosh okay for me it was like a little hard even though we were starting at the very beginning but I trusted her and the education she provided to why that was I feel like that was important was like oh, why am I doing this so she actually put a purpose so your brain is gonna get used to the idea that this is not dangerous that you washed it you already did what you need to do and your baby's gonna be fine and then yeah that happened baby's still fine she didn't get a bacteria or anything from it so like Doing stuff like that repetitively, like with different subtypes. We started first with all the postpartum stuff with harm and safety and then the relationship. And then I feel like I'm at a point where as we have had multiple now months of just working through all that and like even my own subtypes with my own stuff, I feel like I have a better relationship with my husband, actually, my husband was even diagnosed with OCD recently. So that was another wild thing that happened. And it was interesting to know, like, parents with a new chapter with us knowing our diagnosis. And it actually has made us like a better team, I feel like, interestingly enough, because now it he was not completely understanding what was going on with me. But then he was dealing with his own stuff. And I feel like now we both understand each other a little bit better in a way and we're able to parent the baby better because we both ask the questions of what are your thoughts right now if we're going to a compulsion we try to help each other out and that's been like I don't know like I don't wish OCD on anyone but it's just been like a different dynamic with us and it's been very helpful to know the inner workings of each other and my relationship with my baby has been better. I'm able to be more present. I'm able to do the things I dreamed of doing when before I had the baby, like playing with her and just doing all the things without having OCD take over the narrative. And something that I've been really interested in is providing education in like just a local PSI here in Utah. We don't have a lot of OCD specialists, especially with postpartum therapists, not a lot of them are practicing ERP. We probably have just, I can kill probably in one hit how many we really have and trying to spread more awareness, trying to do more like of the podcast. I, we have a podcast here too that I'm going to be on that's for maternal mental health. So I've become like an advocate while I'm going through recovery. And I feel like that's been helpful for me too, is try to find community within our OCD community and relate to other moms and just help the community get education and with other people and having like just day-to-day -day conversations. And I used to be a filmmaker too. I had a long hiatus because of the COVID pandemic and also because of my postpartum. So I'm trying to get back into that and I'm currently writing a script for my based on my own experiences and other OCD moms experiences and tried to do a short film there with a mentor that I have who's a screenwriter and then also tried to be more involved with IOCDF. I've been 
talking to folks there and trying to figure out like what can we do for portrayals in the media for OCD and like in film and even in the Latinx community because everybody that sees OCD in the media all they're getting is just there's probably just folks that they like to clean they like to do things but I feel like that also prevents folks from getting home and I feel like if we had more of these like kind of sense of awareness especially in the media I think that would definitely help even more people. So I don't know. I feel like it's led me to feel like this is like like my mission because I'm like, I can't keep this knowledge to myself because I wish people would be talking about it. I feel like maybe I would have gotten help earlier or something like that. For sure. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like a bug. Like you finally see the light for yourself and then you know what it's like to be so dark. You know what's on the other side of it now, like how transformative ERP has been for you and just how possible it is, right? Like you probably felt so hopeless and so lost and so like you were losing yourself and losing your mind. If you're anything like anybody else who has OCD, that's all such a part of the journey, unfortunately. But then once you see the light and you do see that it's not just you and that there's a way through it and that you're more than capable and recovery is possible. It's like, of course, you want to just shout it from the rooftops. You want to break those broken systems. You want to fix things and you want to help other people because it's so transformative. So what advice, if anybody's out there listening, what advice would you give to them if like they're, if their therapist isn't listening to them or if they're feeling lost themselves, what really good advice could you leave them with as we wrap up today? I think, first of all, yes, you can definitely find your therapist that you have now the knowledge that you have the diagnosis and the tools and everything, but definitely you got to be your own advocate too. I feel like that's like the awesome moment for me was to realize that a lot of it is also me doing the work and that I have to, I was at that point when I found ERP, I felt I'm done trying to do all these other things. I'm ready for something new. I'm ready to try something new. So I feel like I went in the mindset of I'm all in, in this. And I feel like, yes, it is hard at times. It was definitely hard. And like some of those exposures that I'm still doing are still very hard, but I feel like you just got to do them because the change is there. Like the progress will be there. And even if we relapse, because sometimes that happens to me too. Something my therapist said that was really awesome was, yeah, you may relapse, but you see the progress that you made and the help, like faster you're able to get out of a compulsion. That's the that's something you should be feel proud of. You should feel proud of that and treat yourself every time you go through an exposure and not compulsing and treat yourself she's she's and that's what i want to tell people is just treat yourself for every every victory no matter how big or small like that has helped me so much and just the fact that if you feel like you're not having enough support in your family like what something that's helped is just if i can send articles to someone from iocdfs if i don't want to talk to them directly that's helpful another thing is like if people, if there's people in family who still, that's what I still experience. There's people that still don't understand what it is that I went through or don't want to talk about it. I feel like I've come to a point where I kind of have had an acceptance of who they are and like, maybe they're not supposed to be my support emotionally, but maybe they can be other support in other areas, like taking care of my kid 
or something else. Or if I want to set the boundary that I don't have to be like buddy, buddy with someone in the family or with another person, just because I feel like I, I can't share with them the things that I, like they might not understand or criticize. I don't have to keep pushing it. I don't have to expect like apologies or like a warm welcome sometimes. Like I have come to a point where I can accept and I do have my support system. I have people, my, some family members that it's been more, actually more positive than negative, like that I've seen all across the board, even with friends and even with people that have followed me on social media. Like it's just been like probably 90% more positive than the negative. And it's just amazing how much like of an impact you can do just by sharing your story and like finding that community with o the OCD community. There's so many support groups and stuff on the IOCDF website. You can find a list of that. And that also helps, I feel like, with recovery, just finding people that like get it as well. Yeah, there has been nothing quite as helpful or as validating as hearing somebody else who has the same thought that I do. Not that I would ever wish this on anybody else, but there's something that's just very uplifting and validating and like reassuring, but in a good way that, that it's not just you and that you're not crazy, that you're not broken, that, you know, you're not the only one out there with those thoughts. So I so appreciate you, your vulnerability and coming on here and talking about the hard stuff. Melissa, it has been a joy to have you on again and just be in your presence again. So I so appreciate everything that you shared. And I know that you're going to help so, so many people. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jenna. And yeah, thank you all for listening. Yeah. If anybody wants to follow my journey and stuff, they can follow me on it's at movie mail on Instagram. So if anybody's interested in learning more and also the projects that I want to work on as well. Amazing. I will make sure to link that in the show notes. Again, that's just movie Mel on Instagram. So I'll have that all linked in the show notes. And again, you're awesome, Melissa. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you so much. If what you're hearing sounds kind of a little bit too right up your alley and you haven't checked them out yet, I want you to go after this episode and check out my master classes. No more band-aids for OCD and anxiety. We are going to conquer this thing once and for all together. And yes, with or without a therapist. I have master classes available on my website that start at $27. I am here for you. You can go to my website right now, www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com and click masterclasses. These are all based on evidence-based strategy that works and they are truly the perfect blend of education, motivation, and step-by-step -step strategies that you can use right away. So again, go to www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com slash masterclasses. Two crowd faves, just so you know, are the OCD and anxiety cycle and ERP basics. When you want to learn more about OCD and anxiety, this masterclass is the answer to finally understanding all of your confusing and paralyzing thoughts. By the end of these masterclasses, you are going to feel so much less alone and you'll be like, oh my God, finally someone gets it. So many people who have been in treatment for years took the OCD and anxiety cycle masterclass and told me that they still learned so much. Then we have the ERP basics masterclass. That's for when you're actually ready to take action with OCD and anxiety. And that is ultimately your best starting point. 
you're going to get all the information that you need to start implementing actionable steps right away. No longer is ERP going to seem like the paradoxical and totally freaking backwards intervention that you probably think it is. It will make so much sense. And by the end of it, you may just be a little bit excited to get started. So head to my website, www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com slash masterclasses to get started. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It would mean the world to me if you would take a quick minute to please give it a review. And while you're at it, check out my website at www.jennaoverbaughlpc.com to sign up for my free email newsletter that includes an instant free downloadable PDF to help jumpstart your OCD and anxiety recovery journey. You can also find me on Instagram or TikTok at jenna.overbaugh. If you liked what you listened to here, you can download some of my workshops and courses on OCD, anxiety, and treatment at my website as well. Thank you so much again for tuning in and until next time, keep doing all the hard things.